Look, if you would please, at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 8. Let's read it together. Are you ready? Verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now walk as children of light. You know, God puts a distinction now. He said, now before I was saved, I was in darkness. I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand the meaning of life, where I came from, why I'm here, where I'm going. But when I got saved, things should change. And a lot of things should change. My attitude, my actions, my entertainment, my associations, my friends, my indulgences, all of those things, there ought to be a distinct difference between the way I used to live before Jesus and the way I live since Jesus. When Jesus came to us, he makes us better. And there needs to be a difference. He said, listen, if you were in darkness, but now you're in light, walk as children of light. Look at verse number 9, would you please? The Bible says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. This year we're talking about righteousness. He said, the way that we, we show our Christianity and that Spirit of God is in us, it will be in goodness. That has to do with generosity. God made us so that we're supposed to give. Not just be, my name is Jimmy, take all you give me. But what is it God wants me to do for others? What am I supposed to do for others in our life? He said, the spirit, the, a Christian life is shown in how my giving and my commitment to do the right thing. And then also the Bible says to truth. Verse number 10, read it with me. Proving what is acceptable. Not proving what I want, what's acceptable to me. The Bible's very clear. There is a way that seemeth right to me. And any decision you're going to make, you can and I can rationalize why it's okay for me to feel this way. It's okay for me to be this way. It's okay for me to do this thing or do this thing or not do this. I can rationalize that. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not supposed to be thinking what is best for what I want. I'm supposed to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. In Psalm 19, verse 14, the Bible says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. It's nothing new, but I think it's on steroids today, is that we have become extremely self-absorbed. Is whatever we want, whatever is easiest for me, whatever I like, and if I like it, God's okay with it. But that's not true, Spanky. That's not always true. Just because I like it doesn't mean it's approved to the Lord. And the Bible says, prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. That means that everything I do as a child of God, walking in the light, I need to evaluate, is this what God wants me to do? Not, is this what I want to do? Not, if this is what my mom and dad taught me was okay. And boy, you ought to honor your mom and dad. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes we have some stinking thinking in our heritage. Some things the way we have taught maybe are just not agreeable to the Word of God. There are sometimes pastors, and I'm sure I've been guilty of this, have might have said something that truthfully wasn't in agreement to the Scriptures. And every one of us, I like the story in the book of Acts, chapter 17, when Apostle Paul went to one city of Thessalonica, and he taught them the Bible. He was only there for three Saturdays or three Sabbath days, and he had to leave abruptly. And he left that city. He went to the next city of Berea, and there he said, I'll just have to, I, if I, I hate to compare, but 
He said the people of Berea are more noble than the people of Thessalonica. Well, what made them more noble? They evaluated what the Bible said and studied it for themselves. They didn't just hear it. They went home and studied and see if those things were so. Now, I just want to remind you, friend, you're responsible for what you know and what you study on the Bible. Don't say, well, well, pastor always says that. Now, I might say something, but you better make sure it, it applies to the Scriptures. The Bible's perfect, and I'm not. I want to be right with the Bible. And I grieve, and I pray, and oftentimes in preparation for a service, I'll say, Lord, please, don't let me say something that is not what you once said and agrees with you. But sometimes I'm human, and I'm frail, and I have made mistakes. And many pastors I've had, as a matter of fact, every pastor I've ever had, had the same problem that I do. They were sinners. <laughs> and they don't always know exactly everything about everything. But boy, we ought to study the Bible. He said, I want you to evaluate, prove all things, and see what's acceptable to the Lord. And that's in every area, and especially in the area of music. Music is personal. Let's continue on. I want to just go through this, this, this thought. Verse 11 he says, I have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of what? But rather, what should I do? Rather than associate with things that are not healthy for me spiritually, I should say that's wrong and I'm not going to do it. For it's a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Unsaved, wicked, dark people speak. That's why you should not laugh at sin. Sin has never been funny to God one moment. You know, oftentimes our comedians in today's day, unless they can curse and say something of a sexual innuendos, they're not even funny nowadays. They feel like they've got to say the more cruel or the more crude an Eddie Murphy is or how foul they can say in their nastiness of Conan or whoever it is that does these things. We think, we think oh, man, oh, that's funny, ha, ha, ha. But you know the Bible says we shouldn't even speak of those things done to them in secret. They shouldn't make us laugh. The Bible says a fool makes a mock or makes fun of sin. Sin is what put our Savior on the cross. Sin is, is something that complicates life. It hurts people. Immorality hurts people. Adultery hurts people. Sexual sins hurt people. Wrong kind of, of entertainment hurts people. And it's sin and it complicates life. And it's something God says, I don't think it's very funny. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even talk about those things. Even in jest. Some, some folks in this room, no doubt, I don't know who they are, but you have the jokes that you just know they have a, they have a nastiness about them. You know, if you want to walk in light, you better cut that out of your vocabulary. And remember, you'll give an account for every idle word spoken. People cannot help but speak of the things that they've seen and, seen and heard. Be careful they don't hear something questionable from you and from me. Look at the next one the Bible says in verse number, verse number uh, four, 13. But all things are reproved or made manifest by the light. We're talking about darkness. And those that when, whenever uh, we see something wrong, we see it from the word of God. And whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Verse number 15, read it with me, would you please? See then that you walk. 
So when it comes to making decisions for the way you're going to behave yourself, what music you're going to listen to, what places you're going to go, what people you're going to spend time with, uh, what you're going to wear, all of those things, he says, listen, walk circumspectly. Like a soldier has been trained in jungle warfare or any kind of thing, they don't just split the, their, their, their gun over their shoulder and just bebop through. No, they're actually trained to walk circumspectly, to evaluate everyone around them, and to make good decisions that they don't get blindsided by an enemy. And the Bible says if you're a child of God, you and I ought to walk circumspectly. You ought to say, you know what, am I, am I, am I right here? Is there anything that's going to come at me that I need to be aware of? Don't just bebop through life. Casual Christians become casualties. They say, well, you know, this music doesn't bother me. Well, this, I can handle this movie. I, you know, look, uh, this R-rated doesn't, doesn't affect me. I'm used to that. That's in the world everywhere. And we can, we can start begin to think in ourselves that we can handle things. He says, no, you, you walk circumspectly. Well, we got a friend that continues to bring in negative things and sinful things into our life. Hey, you might want to walk circumspectly. Not as a fool, but evaluate, you know, this is not healthy for me. I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. I'm supposed to walk as children of light. And then the, the Bible tells us, look at the next verse, if you would, please. Verse number 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This will affect my evaluation of my time, how I spend it, what I do with it. I want to thank you. Every one of you who are here, I do not know what you had to get through to come here. Some live on the north side of Chicago. Some live down in Lowell. Some live in Calumet City and Lansing. Many live in Hammond and Cherville and Crown Point and St. John. You live from all over places, and every one of you did something today that's in common. You got ready, and you got from wherever you were to this location. I don't want to thank you for doing that. I want to thank you for using your time to gather together. Most people do not go to church on a Sunday in our society any longer. The years ago, they did. But we've become farther and farther away from God. We took prayer and the Word of God out of our schools and... We gave our, our, our young people no moorings. Now everything goes. I want to thank you for getting your families here. Moms and dads, thank you for getting your kids here. Thank you for bringing them back on Sunday night. I, I'm so thankful that my parents brought me to church on a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night that God convicted my heart and, and, and brought me to the person of Jesus Christ. And I didn't drive myself. My parents brought me. They loved the Lord enough to bring me there. And they made it a habit... Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service, if the Word of God was going to be preached, they were going to try to be there, and they got our family there, and I'm very thankful for that particular principle, for sure. But they used their time wisely. Look at the next verse, if you would please, verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be evaluating. What does God want here? What's His will in this matter? Verse 18, would you read it with me? And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess... Here's the challenge. He said, I want you to be intoxicated with God's spirit. Not with the spirits of, of alcohol, but with God's Holy Spirit. I want you to be evaluated with him because whenever someone's intoxicated, you can tell. They don't act normal. When someone's intoxicated with the alcohol or drugs or marijuana, if you're with them just for a few minutes and you know them, you can say, something's wrong. They're at, not acting normal. You know, the same is true whenever you and I are 
Christians, you can live a carnal life, which means flesh is, is what's pushing your, and motivating your life and your conduct and your decisions, your words, or God's Spirit is doing that. And every Christian, you don't have to be a pastor to be Spirit-filled. Your pastor should be Spirit-filled. Our ushers should be Spirit-filled. The people doing the AV should be Spirit-filled. The singers should be Spirit-filled. The flutists should be Spirit-filled. Everybody ought to be a Spirit-filled Christian. But whenever you are Spirit-filled, you're not normal. Instead of getting angry, you have peace. Instead of uh, being bitter, you have forgiveness. Instead of being critical, you're complimentary. Instead of being stingy, you become generous. Because the fruit of a spirit-filled Christian is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, long-suffering. Against such there is no law. That means you can do all those things, and when you do stuff like that, people are going to say, wow, you are not normal. You're acting so much like Jesus. You're, you're responding in that way. He said, listen, don't be intoxicated with alcohol. Be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit of God. And one of the first things that happens after someone is being led by the Holy Spirit of God is that it will affect their music. Look at verse number 19, would you? And let's read out loud together. You ready? Speaking to yourselves. All right, so he says, right quick, three things will happen once someone is being controlled by the Spirit. Number one, their music will be different. Number two, their gratitude will be obvious. And number three, they are going to be very easy to be with because they'll be submitted to God and their authorities. They're not stubborn. They're submitted. And these are attributes of a spirit-filled Christian. But this month we're talking about music, and I'm going to take it today and then tonight, and that's, that's all we have. I think Brother Steve Hobbins will be with us on Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to that great message that he'll bring on Wednesday evening. But I want to take today and then the next few moments and this morning and then tonight to finish up a few thoughts about music. Now, when it comes to music, everybody gets a little nervous because whatever genre of music that you like, whatever things you like, it gets real personal with us. And once again, I think I've already laid the foundation. It really doesn't matter what you think or I think. We need to ask ourselves, is this acceptable to the Lord? There's a couple things about music I want to remind you about. Number one, music is controversial. It, it, it com, it com, it, it, it's not quite as, uh, probably as controversial as politics, but it's a, it's a close second. It gets in there, and all of a sudden it becomes a real issue. Music can be a little bit confusing, but it's critical to the life of a Christian. Over 500 times music is found in your Bible. And if God spoke about it 500 times, we ought to consider what he has to say. A couple things by way of review. We understand that music, number one, exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. It's number one reason for music, I think, is to exalt the person of Jesus. Most of the time you see it in your Bible, it'll have to do with praise to God. Now, in our world, it doesn't do that. In this world, it does not point people to the Lord. It normally points people to 
a person who can play the guitar. You know. To this drummer, ah! To this song, this musician, this singer, Tammy Wynette, uh, Johnny Cash, you know, different people, Rod Stewart, whoever else that are in the history books and, and the things of music, they oftentimes go back to a person. Can I just tell you something about a person? They're all created by God. That makes them a creature. And God wants us not to worship the creature, but to worship the creator. We can even do that in churches sometimes. We, just, we, we, we ought to honor and respect our spiritual leaders, but none of them are worthy of worship. They're none of them are worthy of worship. They're worthy of respect, reverence. The Bible says we ought to esteem our spiritual leaders very highly in love because of what they do for the Lord and be at peace among ourselves. But boy, oftentimes the world's music, it, uh, it is, it is a, a drawing worship. The most important or most, one of the most popular shows in, uh, on the television is American Idol. Then the second command says, thou shalt not worship anything that's a cre creation. Because I don't want you to worship things, but we want to, people want to be worshipped. The voice revolves around music, and you've got to worship this person, give this person attention and adoration because of their voice, because of their, their, they can be an idol. God has a different plan about that. But God's way is to, for us to adore him, to exalt him. Music educates us. It is one of God's ways. And he tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, he said, I want you to teach yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Education. One of the reasons we have music is to educate us. We learn things a lot faster through music as a normal rule. It educates us. It encourages us. In difficult times, godly music has a way of, solve, of softening the heart, encouraging people. I was listening to a, a song, Faithful to the Cross, yesterday. And boy, it blessed my heart. I thought about, I mean, of all the things we could be faithful, we ought to be faithful to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it encouraged me to do that. Even when it went off and it went on to the next song on that Christian CD, I thought to myself, Lord... Help me to be faithful to the cross. When I hear songs like Rejoice in the Lord, He makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. When I am tried, I shall come forth as gold. Lord, if I go through a difficult time, help me to rejoice in you. I can always rejoice in the circumstance. I can always rejoice in you. It teaches me. It encourages me. It edifies me. And then it's also a tool that the Bible tells us that it brings others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not necessarily because of the song, but because of the song and how it affects you. You know, Brother Abdel and Brother uh, Torres and Brother Hubal, they work with their teenagers and their wives do the same. But oftentimes you can see a teenager when they get a little bit callous towards spiritual things. If you begin to probe and ask you'll find that there is some sour music going on in their phone, in their iPad, and iPad. Music, it doesn't, if I go out and sing to the world about Jesus, they're not going to go, what must I do to be saved? 
If you were to go to United Center at the Bulls game when they play the Wizards this week and get up and sing, we have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Oh, get right in the middle of the floor and sing it. I don't think they're going to say, oh, I need to get saved. No, the song will probably not bring them to conviction. But you know, if I am convinced that Jesus saves, and by the way, the Christian songs are not for unsaved people. And may I say to you, the unsaved world songs are not for you. <laughs> they, an unsaved person to go out and sing Amazing Grace, what does that mean to them? Wonderful grace of Jesus. The unsaved world doesn't really care about that. They're not going to be singing things. of That would be like going and doing the Lord's Supper at, at United Center or Wrigley Field. They would think this is dumb. What are we doing? Give me a little bit of juice and a little piece of bread that doesn't even have any yeast in it. What is this? They would not understand that. Why? Because they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we get the right kind of song in us, it changes how we think. It changes how we conduct ourselves. It changes how we dress. It changes how we conduct, how we, how we treat one another. You know, when you come in here in the song service, and this song service is not perfect, and we're always working to see what we can do to please the Lord. The song service isn't for you. It's not for me. It's it does form a little bit of, of help to encourage us, to edify us, to, to help us be what we ought to do. We oftentimes introduce new songs. That's why the Bible says so many, so many times, He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. The song we sang this morning, if you're a visitor here, you don't know that song. Because it was written about six weeks ago. It was a new song written about the righteousness of God. But it's a new song that, you know, young people... I don't know the words of that song, but most of my kids know it already. Why? Because they have smart brains and their dad is just losing brain cells very quickly. I can't keep up with all that stuff. But you know, a new song to the Lord does something inside of me. I'm hoping, I think has happened to me in the last six weeks. Every once in a while I get a selfish moment, I think about the words of the song. Because it's not about me, it's all about him. His word, his way, his righteousness. John, it doesn't really matter what you think. Because it's not about you, it's about him. Song that will change the way I act. And when you change and I change, we will become more a lighthouse. And people will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We'll become more soul conscious. We'll be more apt to be the Christian God wants us to be. Because music affects your conduct. It affects your dress. I've said this before. You know how you can tell someone listens to punk rock music? They got purple hair. You know how you can tell if someone likes reggae music? They have dreadlocks. And they have Bob Marley on their shirt. And they smoke marijuana. You know what? Because what they hear affects how they conduct themselves. You say, well, what's wrong with the wrong kind of music? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with a little rock and roll? What's wrong with hip-hop? What's wrong with all that stuff? You know what? It affects a person's life. If God made it to exalt him, wrong kind of music exalts us. Man. 
If God made it to educate us in a right way, well, wrong kind of music will educate us in a wrong way. If God made it to encourage us, there is music that will discourage us. And once again, I'm talking to Christian people today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I think you flipped your lid. Just be patient, okay? I have flipped my lid. <laughs> but I also want to help people because this is a Bible teaching. We just now read it. He said, I want to remember that music that honors me starts in the heart and it's for the Lord. We think it's for us. God said it's for him. Well, with that in mind, let's just look at a couple things and then we'll conclude. What is right kind of music? Yes, it is controversial. It's confusing, but it's critical to our life because it, can, it, it affects our hearts. It affects our lifestyle. Well, we see that it, that it does have a form. It has purposes. But also, the text, what does it say? You know, when you evaluate a song or music, you want to say, what is it communicating? Now, I, I think Christian songs could, should be aligned with the Word of God. It should be what the Bible teaches, not what I want. It also should make God higher and not bring God down to man. I always kind of get fired up when someone brings a praise song that you could really more accurately sing to your girlfriend or wife. Like, who is it? You're so beautiful, you're so lovely, you're this, you're that. And I'm thinking, where is it going to mention God in this song? And oftentimes it's, it's dumbing down God. It's, it's kind of bringing God down to our likings rather than put, keeping him at the place of his. Every once in a while someone will say, well, you know what? I just rap to God. I just like to rap to God. And taking the world's, the world's uh, music and worshiping God in a way that we like rather than a way that he likes. I'm not, I don't know what your feelings about that is, but I think sometimes God will say, are you kidding me? You want me to like that? It's not done in a pure way. Normally you could cuss like a sailor while you sing that song, and now you want me, just because you put my name and my son's name in there a few times, you want me to think that that's going to worship me? You're worshiping me with strange fire. But oftentimes we'll adopt that. We'll take it and we'll adopt it and bring it to our own and say, God, take this. You know, that's, that kind of reminds me of Cain in the Bible. When God... When man had a sin every year, God said, I want you to offer a, a, a sacrifice. I want you to offer a lamb. That's what God was looking for. He wanted a lamb. Now, it's not fun to kill a lamb, to pull his head back, to cut his throat, to let him bleed out on the altar and set him on fire. But that's what God said needed to be done. Because one day, they would kill his son. Jesus, the innocent, would die for us, the guilty. So every year, he told Adam and Eve to tell your kids to do this. But, you know, Abel did it. Abel probably, he saw that lamb born. He saw, he knew his mama. He knew his daddy. He, he, he was there the night that little baby was born. He no more wanted to kill that lamb than, than, than anybody. But in the year when it came time, he did it. You know why he did it? Because it pleased God. Cain, on the other hand, said, you know what? I don't do blood. I don't do those lambs. I am a farmer. I till the ground. And so I'm going to bring, instead of a lamb, I'm bringing a fruit basket 
with the best of my vegetables. And I don't think any of them were smashed. I don't think any of them were rotten. They were probably the best he could produce. And he tried to give those to God and said, now here's what I want you to have. And God told him two, three times, no, no, you do not well. That's not my way. That's your way, Cain. My way is the blood of an innocent, paying for you, the guilty. My way is not a seed or a cucumber or a tomato that you watch develop. I want the lamb. And so many times, and by the way, that's important for you to know. Cain tried to give God his works so he could have eternal life in a right relationship with him. Works won't cut it. The secret of eternal life is to learn that it cannot be earned. God has a way. May I say after we're saved by his wonderful grace, God still has a way. I was talking to my friend Terry this week, and he said, the way of thy statutes. Not only what your statutes are, but why they're given to us. You know, it's a good idea for us to evaluate, Lord, why would you want me to do this? What is the, the spirit of the law, not just the law itself? Why is this important to you? Now, I want to encourage you, Christian, as we face music, not only its, it's, it, its purpose and its text, and we'll talk tonight about the music and the people that perform it and the attitude we should have, we ought to say, Lord, what is acceptable to you, not what's acceptable to me? What do you want? And give him what he wants, and you'll be glad not only for now but for all eternity.